Welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. So today I've got another chapter of the book, How to Get Your Shit Together for You. This one will be on noticing your warning signs. Now, before I play the chapter for you, I just want to sort of break down the reason why I'm sharing this one with you right now. The basic reason is, is that over the last maybe two to three weeks, I've been quite run down. I've had to take a bunch of midday naps almost every day for hours. Now, that may not sound like that much of an extreme thing, but it's more that it's extreme for me in the sense that it's a difference to my norm. And that to me highlights something. It's like, okay, why why am I now having to take such time off? Why am I now having to rest? Why am I now having to recover? Something's changed. So it's a warning sign for me. What What does that mean for my physical or mental health. So then I start going down the process of like, okay, I'm taking all this time off. I'm needing to recover. I'm feeling fatigued. Why? What could it be? So then I go down the checklist. Am I hungry? Am I thirsty? Am I tired? Am I sick? Am I overtraining? Is there life or work stress? What's changed? Have I been consuming something I shouldn't have? Have I been doing things that I don't usually do? Have I been doing too much? So basically I'm asking myself these questions to try and determine the cause. So potentially, based on what I've sort of, my introspection down that path has discovered, is that it's likely that the cause is due to a combination of general world stress, general uh, work-based stress, and also the introduction of a new or more formal meditation practice. I've upped my daily meditation from 10 to 20 minutes in the morning to 40 minutes split as in 20 in the morning, 20 at night as well as 20 minutes of yoga. So I've effectively doubled or tripled my meditation time. Really, that's the main difference. That's the main difference of what I've been doing. And what I've read is, is that when people up their spiritual practices, sometimes their bodies can take it as a sign that they've finally able to rest. It's like your, your, your sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system triggers, and it says, hey, it's time to rest, it's time to recover. And that can cause people to have to take time off to recover their sleep debt. And that's sort of what it feels like for me. A potential other factor is that where I am in Victoria, we've been in the longest, most severe lockdowns due to COVID in the world. It's been going for months, highly, highly restrictive to, you know, certain certain curfews can't go past five kilometers away from the house. Very, very strict. But we're about to open up. And whilst that's great and lovely and amazing, I have social anxiety. <laughs> so, so, so the change to sort of back to normality is a little bit not scary, but it's 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 a change from what I've grown accustomed to. So potentially it's a combination of everything. But the point I'm sharing this with you is to, to highlight that I'm observing my norm. What is it like to be me? And then when things change, I know that it's like, okay, there's something going on here. And that leads me to have to be aware of things. So for example, Another thing that I sort of note or look at myself is like, how social am I being? How how much or how often am I inebriating myself? Do I find myself withdrawing from people heaps or do I find myself being quite social? Am I finding myself taking on and starting and doing a whole bunch of projects or am I sort of pushing projects away? There's no right or wrong answer to this. It's more like it's just what am I doing compared to what I usually do? And does that mean something? Because my whole goal with all of the stuff I'm doing for my mental health is to maintain functionality. 
That means being able to continue working, continue socializing, being a good father, being able to create the content online that I'm doing here, all of those sort of things. So a change in any area of my life suggests something. And you'll notice that some of the changes that I'm looking for are when I go too high or feel too positive or I'm like sort of too up. And the reason I say that I can go too up is because when I get high in the sense of almost like a bipolar sort of manic high, we'll call it, I have a tendency to take on too much and do too much. And then I inevitably drop. So it's important for me to note down where I am both up and down, both mentally and physically. So without further ado, I'm going to play you the chapter of how to get your shit together called Notice Your Warning Signs. Uh, the book is out as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook, so you can grab yourself a copy. And I'll tell you more about that after you've heard the chapter. Enjoy. Chapter 2.2 Notice Your Warning Signs. Make not your thoughts your prisons. William Shakespeare. I've noticed a peculiar thing about my mental afflictions. They come with a warning system, kind of like a weatherman's forecast. My internal weatherman is not perfect, but he often provides me with some vital warning signs that can help me avoid an oncoming catastrophe. Sometimes the signs line up and I'm in for a week of mental anguish, emotional turbulence, and significantly diminished functionality. Other times, the storm innocently passes by, and I'm quickly back to my normal self. If you knew that a hurricane was heading towards your house, you would take the appropriate action. That way you could best ensure the safety of yourself and your loved ones. Just like with a weather warning, I've taken action to prevent as much damage for the incoming storm as possible. However, unlike with weather, these actions can actually reduce the severity and the duration of the storm. If I'm especially lucky, I have enough of a warning to turn my internal weather around completely. By learning what symptoms precede an oncoming bout of anxiety or depression, you can take preventative action to reduce the severity and duration of the symptoms. It is by no means an exact science, but for me there are specific things that begin to occur in the days and hours before the storm knocks me out of action. I have a fairly extensive list of warning signs. Typically, these will present in a cluster and only very mildly at first, but over time, if left unaddressed, they will progress in severity and I will steadily fall into a hurricane of mental affliction. What I'm trying to notice is a change from my normal. It is important to note that you are not looking to compare yourself to other people. Rather, you are looking for differences within yourself. My warning signs. Physical. I exercise twice per day, performing a range of different physical activities from running, weightlifting, swimming, tai chi and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Given the amount of time I spend training, I have highly tuned senses relating to my performance and ability level. In the days leading up to a bout of depression, I noticed a steady decline in all aspects of my physicality. I'm noticeably less coordinated, weaker, and I lose a lot of my fitness. As I progress into depression, my coordination often drops to such a low level that I find myself banging into doorways as I misjudge my approach. Habitual. I don't have a strict diet, so to speak, but I do eat well. This involves rarely eating junk food or consuming alcohol. So when I realise that I'm going onto the third chocolate bar or downing another beer on a work night, I take it as a warning sign. The same is true for television. I try to limit my screen time as much as possible, only watching the occasional movie or episode here and there. So when I find myself binging on a new TV series, I consider it a warning sign. 
I will often unknowingly give myself the excuse of, I've been working hard and I deserve a treat or to relax. Whilst this may be true, I've also noticed that I feel more like treating myself in the days prior to a bout of depression. Cognitive. In the days leading up to a bout of depression, I often noticed a steady decline in a wide range of cognitive functions. My ability to perform simple arithmetic or find the right word to express myself begins to drop. I'll forget what I was talking about and struggle to stay on topic. Emotional. In the days and hours leading up to a bout of depression, my emotions often fluctuate wildly. The warning sign comes when I notice the fluctuation or when I notice that my current emotions are significantly off from where they really should be. For example, I'll often feel really great, full of energy and motivation just prior to falling into a depression. Other times, I'll notice that I'm quick to anger or feel flashes of intense internal rage. External. Sometimes I fail to notice the warning signs internally. That is, I don't notice the changes in any of the above areas or that they simply didn't occur. The final warning sign comes externally from the people around me. If my wife or close friends and family start asking me if I'm okay or if something is wrong, I take it as a possible warning sign. They know me well enough to know that when something's up, often before I do. So I trust their opinions and consider if something is actually wrong. People often respond to how people act towards them. So if I notice that people are acting differently around me, I take it as a warning sign. They may be responding to something in me that I'm not yet aware of. What are your warning signs? Of course, your warning signs may be different to mine. Over time, you will learn what to look for and when to expect the onset of a mental affliction or a bout of depression. Perhaps you post more or less often on social media. Maybe you engage in higher levels of risk-taking behaviours like gambling, sex, thrill-seeking or drug and alcohol usage. Have you found yourself bailing on a pre-arranged social gatherings to instead stay at home and watch television? What is your hygiene like? Have you forgotten to shower, brush your teeth, shave or change your clothes? How is your mood? Are you being short with any loved ones? Take action. Take a moment to consider the last time you suffered with a mental affliction. If you use a daily journal, look over the entries for the week preceding the affliction for ideas. If you feel comfortable, ask a trusted spouse, friend or family member for insights. Over time, and with each future occurrence of a mental affliction, you'll be able to get a more accurate understanding of what your warning signs are and how far out from the affliction that they occur. Note down your possible warning signs and put them somewhere where you are able to regularly see them. With each affliction, refine these warning signs as much as possible. Once you know what your warning signs are, you'll need to have a method of ensuring that you notice them as they arise. This can be more difficult as it seems that the onset of a mental affliction can involve a diminishing ability to introspect. Although your physicality, cognition and habits may be changing, you may not notice it until it's too late. While this will be a constant issue, there are a couple of methods that can help you to notice the signs. Implement the approaches that best work for you. Take action. 1. Write a sign to be placed on your wall that reminds you of your warning signs, or one that forces you to introspect whenever you look at it. For example, write, how am I feeling today? Have I noticed any warning signs? Or simply, warning sign would all work well. 2. Actively look for changes in your health, sleep patterns, mood and energy levels, your performance, work, academic and sporting, and habitual changes, like diet, exercise, drug and alcohol consumption. 
If you like this approach and use a diary, you could incorporate this tracking into your daily session. Three, inform the people close to you of what some of your warning signs are and ask them to keep an eye out for those signs. Do your best to stay calm when they take you up on this. Remember that you will likely be feeling fine, so it could come as a surprise that they are noticing the warning signs and are telling you about it. Handling warning signs. If you notice a warning sign, the most important thing is to not freak out about it. Instead, implement the actions that you have found worked for you in the past. These should be the actions that reduce or eliminate the symptoms of the affliction. I have found it useful to give a heads up to a trusted friend or family member that it may be about to take a turn for the worse. If you notice a warning sign, do the following. 1. Perform a status check. This will be explained in the next chapter. This is a simple introspective activity to help eliminate the possibility that a physiological issue has caused the warning sign to trigger. 2. Take actions to guard your mental state. Call in sick to work preemptively. Cancel, reschedule, or attend a social event. Go for some exercise or read a book. Do some self-care, like pampering yourself with food, a bath, music, a movie, or other enjoyments. 3. Book an appointment with a qualified therapist. If you book a session preemptively and the mental affliction gets worse, you'll be seeing a therapist when you really need them. If you feel better by the time of the appointment, you can still use it to your benefit by discussing deeper issues. 4. Implement responses from your crisis plan. This will be discussed in Chapter 3.6. If you think that a big storm is coming, it is vital that you preemptively get the support that you may need. Informing your friends, family, therapist and workplace prior to the onset can significantly improve positive outcomes during a mental affliction. Frequently Asked Questions is there a risk that noticing or even attempting to notice a warning sign could in fact cause a mental health affliction, almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy? It's important to remember that these warning signs are just that, a warning. They are designed to get you to do an investigation of your mental state. If one goes off, check yourself and keep going with normal life. If more keep going off, it's more evidence that you may have a potential issue. However, if noticing a warning sign increases your anxiety levels, or causes an increase in the onset of a depressive episode, then this technique may not be for you. As with all exercises in this book, use the ones that work for you and disregard those that don't. Summary. Take note of the symptoms that occur in the days preceding a mental affliction. When you, or someone close to you, notices any of these warning signs, take action. Okay, so that was a chap so that was Notice Your Warning Signs, a chapter of How to Get Your Shit Together. That's a book that's out as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook, and you can grab yourself a copy now if you like. You can also click the link down below and read that chapter, because it's up on the website, along with a collection of the other chapters that I've put up for free. As I as I always say, I'm gonna release basically everything I do for free over time. The idea being that I want the help and assistance and guidance and support and connection that I wish I had growing up to be available. I know that when I moved out of home quite early, when I was struggling with my mental health significantly, I didn't have the resources or guidance or anything. I had to sort of push through and survive and work it out on my own. It's obviously I was able to do so, but the amount of stress and mental anguish that that caused is something that I can hope to reduce. So by all means, check it out, sign up to the email list and 
you'll be able to get the, the, the content sent to you directly. And you can check out all the free chapters that are up right now for how to get your shit together and everything else that I'm doing. But if you want to grab yourself a copy, if it's it's sort of like it's it's far more convenient to to own a copy as the paperback, ebook, or audio book. Um, so, and if you want to support what I'm doing here, if you think what I'm what I'm putting out the content is worth your support, grab yourself a copy. It's it's a great way to support and thank me. And if you do grab yourself a copy, please 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 leave a review. It really does help to share the message. And on the content of sharing the message. Make sure that you are reaching out to people in your life that, that you see struggling, that you see not quite managing things, or that you're a bit concerned about with their mental health. Chuck them, chuck them a quick DM, a text, give them a phone call and say, hey, I'm here if you need. And that's all you can leave it at. Or you can, you can do something like linking them this podcast, for example. And you don't have to say anything about it. Just say, hey, this might be down your alley. And if you want to chat about it, you can. And the idea is, is that you're opening the door to those conversations. I found that the best way to support people that are struggling is to share my aspect, like obviously listen to them and talk to them and engage with them, but share how you can sort of, how you've experienced similar issues in your life and share the things that have helped you and then sort of step back. It's it's, it's about if someone sort of trapped down the well of depression, it's throwing the ladder down and offering the hand to help them up and showing them how you yourself climbed out of that well. There's this tendency to want to get down into the well and sort of suffer with them, but that just makes you suffer along with them. It makes you, it sort of brings you down. In my experience, the best way to help someone is to to lead by example, to to throw them the lifelines and let them climb out. And one of the ways you can do that is say, hey, check out this podcast, check out this book, check out this resource. I'm here to talk if you need to. So with that in mind, stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you next time. Cheers. 